Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Of uh, my favourite subjects, um, uh, the, the the scripture for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's, it's the it's the gospels in a nutshell. It, it's a story that God loves people. He loves you. He loves every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. It's all inclusive. No one is left out. Not one person is left out. Whether you're from the youngest to the oldest, different colours, different creeds, different... God loves every person. And so to, to be able to speak about this is incredible. Uh, it starts really in Genesis for me. Uh, Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image in our likeness and so the whole intention was that we should be like God we should be in his image we should be in his likeness that's what he created us to be in fellowship and relationship with him the bible really is a story of relationship all the way through about God's desire to have a relationship with you to know you and to for you to fall in love with him the way that he loves you which is an incredible story it goes on in Genesis 2, 7, that the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God spoke in, into him, he formed man and he breathed life into him. The breath of life was in him. The breath that's in our life now that creates us, that makes us human beings is the one uh, that's really that God spoke into us. As you came in, you probably would have said that, that um, everybody's a somebody in arena. Everybody's got a story. We all carry it. We all have got a story about us. Today is a brand new page that's being written, and you're writing it. That's what God set out for us. We had the chapters behind us. That's our life to this point. It tells a story about our life up to this point. Today is a brand new day, a new page is being written, and the chapters that come from today will tell the story of your life of what and who you can become. That's God's intention. And it's up to you today to write the story. I find this incredibly exciting because I like writing when I get down to it. You know, I really enjoy writing, but, but actually I have a blank page in front of me today that God is... is is allowing me to be a part of, to write. And so, the same for you. Worldwide, so the Worldometer said that there's roughly 7.9 billion people on our planet. And um, the fact is that Jesus cares about every individual. Out of the 7.9 billion people, he cares about you, cares about me. And so, this story is about you today. This story is about how you're going to write this page and tomorrow and the day after that is for us to do and it's based upon God's love continually reaching us so J.W. Tozer who's a was you know a great man of God and you might or might not know him said Jesus Christ knows the worst about you nevertheless he's the one that loves you the most I don't understand why we keep hiding from God and it's a word for someone today stop hiding from God he knows you already. But all he wants you to do is come out because until you bring things out into the light, they can't get dealt with. If you hide things away in the shadows, we never deal with them. And you'll never complete. And you'll never be the person that you could be. And so 
as we kind of take that on board, God knows us. He loves us. He wants the best for us. And we do for our children. You know, I think for our guys, we want them to, to be truly individually themselves, but we want them to have the character and the value system that makes them good people. That's what God wants for us. He wants the very best for us, but he wants you to be you, not somebody else. He wants you to be uniquely you, and the plan and the purpose he has for your life is exactly that, that you will be truly and uniquely you. There's a story in uh, John 4, 1 to 42 about the uh, Samaritan woman that Jesus meets at the well. So the disciples have gone off and Jesus is sitting on the well. Now, to try and understand the story, you need to understand that the Samaritans and the Jews did not like each other. They really didn't. I was in the village where, uh, in Great Horwood, where Winslow was two miles away, but so disliked. And so there used to be a, a football match every year between Winslow and Great Horwood. Well, you didn't need a football. You just needed to let them kick each other because they didn't need a football. They just needed to. And this was the Samaritans hated the Jews and the Jews hated the, the Samaritans. And the reason for that is historic and political. So Jesus meets this woman at the well. So number one, he shouldn't be talking to a woman. Number two, Samaritans and Jews don't talk to each other. So he starts in the conversation uh, just talking to her and, and it gets into her life. And he said, yeah, you've had five husbands and the, the guy you're with now is not your husband. Um, and she said, you're truly a prophet and you know everything about me. And, but Jesus was trying to do something to say, out of every person, I know you. I know your history. I know your background, but I love you. And he spoke into this in an incredible way. Now for the Jews, and we see another story in the Bible about the Good Samaritan. For the Jews to go to Galilee or from Galilee to Judea, you had to go through Samaria or take a long course round. Now, of course, if the Samaritans found you going across their land, they'd beat you and sometimes kill you because that's what they want you to do. Where I grew up in London, there were between where I was born in, in, well, I wasn't born in London, but where I grew up, Leighton and, and Hackney was about three miles away. But to get from my house into Hackney, I had to go past 11 different gangs all hanging out. Every gang had a little bit of territory. And if they caught you on their little bit of territory, well, you've got an imagination. It wasn't pleasant. And so I was, I was in Hackney one night. We'd been out, and uh, I, I couldn't get back with a taxi, there was no buses, and I had to walk out of Hackney across these gangs. I can tell you I was, I was not. And I mean, it's not like we're not all Londoners, we all were, but do you know, it's these things that this, this distinctive for us. And I think we all understand what that means. So for the Jews to go around, of course, the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem and the Samaritans worshipped on Mount Gerizim. You know, you go to the story back in Rehoboam, Jeroboam, where the two kingdoms. So they worshipped in different places and uh, they had a different sets of, of beliefs going on. The, the, the Samaritans intermarried with the Assyrians when they went into captivity. So that was against Deuteronomy. So they already had problems there. The Samaritans believed the first five books of the, of the, of the gospel, the Pentiochs, was the only thing that mattered. And they didn't take anything else, the books of poetry or prophecy, 
discounted everything. They had those five books and they were the true people. They were the real people. They were the real Christians of the day. And do you know, I hope you're understanding this because we can fall into this very quickly. We can become so superior that we are the only ones and we know the way and we do this. This is what was going on in the day that Jesus was speaking into this. So he's speaking into the social order of the day. He was speaking into the cultural order of the day, the political order of the day and the historical order of the day. And he was saying, this nonsense and prejudice is a nonsense and I'm talking into it today to you because I want you to know that I know your life but I want you to know that God loves you. And he wants you to know today exactly the same story that he loves you. He knows your background, he knows your past, he knows your thoughts and he wants you to know today that with all of these things and all the nonsense and all the prejudice that we carry, he wants you to know, cutting that all aside, that he loves you. You are incredibly special to him. So on that backdrop, Jesus is speaking in because the individual is always important. I hope you understand that the individual is always important to us and should be to you. Every person has a story to tell about their life if we'll ever give them a chance to tell it and we'll ever allow them the freedom to tell it. Most people don't tell their story because they're too scared, too frightened about what we really will think about them. If we knew them, what would we really think about them? But the truth is, God cares and so do we. So the individual was really important to him. Zacchaeus is another story of a tax collector who was, who was despised by the people, hated by the people, climbing up a tree to see Jesus. And Jesus spoke to him and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to tea at your house today. He, he cut through all the things, the political, religious offences of the day. I cannot understand why people keep on keeping offences because it doesn't make any sense. Now, we've all got our own complexity. Jeanette said it earlier, you know, we're wonderfully, fantastically made, but we build up all these things in life. We collect them, offences and biases and prejudice that we go on with. And God's continually trying to say to us, really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've got to let go of these things to let, let love kind of get into our lives. Jesus had compassion on people. It says in the scriptures, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the word compassion means really to, to be moved in your bowels. Um, it means that you're churning inside. You can't walk past this. You're, you won't allow you to. You're just so moved that you need to do something. Jesus was moved by the people. Now, you know, I've, I've been a pastor for 28 years and, and so I've kind of, you know, over the years I've, I've, I've tried to understand sheep. So these are not on the screen, so if you've got a notebook, you can take these down, but there's nine points about sheep, that why Jesus talks to us about sheep. Sheep have got no sense of direction, so this one is 10 if you want this, um, no sense of direction, so they'll follow whoever's leading. Now, I want you to understand this is about you and me as well as sheep. This is why Jesus said it. They will follow whoever is leading. There was a story, and this is a true story. In Turkey, the shepherds were looking after 1,400 sheep. And uh, they, it, was a, it was getting hot, and they wanted a rest. They left the sheep. Now, one of the sheep decided that he'd wander off, and he wandered 
off straight over the top of the cliff, which led to 400 more sheep following him to the bottom. Um, Now, the 400 sheep were a cushion for the 1,000 sheep that followed them. They all went off the side of the cliff. Now, 1,000 were cushioned by the fur and the stuff, but, do you know, people will follow whoever they think is the sensible person. Jesus is always saying, follow me. The world is always saying, follow me. And, and of course, people, Jesus is saying, are helpless and lost. So, sheep are defenseless. I mean, they're just, if you see the lambs running around the field, aren't they gorgeous? I mean, just lovely. I mean, I just, I just do. And of course, the, the only defence, they do kick if you go for their, their little lambs, but the only defence they've got is they run away together. They run together because that's their defence system. If you isolate one out, they become vulnerable. If you wander off on your own and do your own thing, you become vulnerable. You, there's wolves in, out there who would like nothing more. So they're defenceless. I, I love this because I've seen this. Sheep fall low. They can't get up without help. I, I, there's a girl, I've told you this story. There's a girl in the farm just down. She used to feed the sheep these little pellets. They were lovely. I like for us Maltesers, I guess. But they would eat and eat and eat and eventually they'd fall over. They just fall over, and in the morning when you were going to work, you could see all these sheep just lying there. And we used to say to her, "Don't keep feeding them." And no, but these sheep fall over. But the truth, the truth is, when we fall down, sometimes we fall down and we don't see a way up, and there's no one to help us to get up except for Jesus. Sometimes situations and circumstances so affect our life, it so pushes down that we don't see any way forward, and we can't do it on our own. That's when we need. Jesus. This is the thing that really struck me. Sheep recognise the shepherd's voice. They are not stupid. Sheep are not stupid. They recognise the shepherd's voice. It has been recorded that sheep actually will, will, will go to someone who speaks nicely to them. They'll, they're like dogs. They will go to people. They've even been known to, I don't know if they have tails, but they wag them, whatever they've got. Um, but, you know, they will go to people and they remember people. And um, so emotionally, they've got a set of values. Isn't that incredible? We know Jesus' voice, and so we follow him. He doesn't drive us, we follow him. And of course, the same way, if we've got no direction, we listen to that little sweet voice that we think is going to help us, that isn't going to help us. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what you take on board, because we need to be in line with what the scripture says. Sheep don't carry burdens. I, I guess that's true. I've never seen a sheep carrying anything. And neither are you meant to. What does the Bible say about your burdens? Cast them upon God. But cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Don't carry things that you're not meant to carry. There's a story about, um, about a vagrant in, in uh, America. He's walking along, you know, vast countries, walking on the rail things. And of course the train's coming. And um, so he... He he's kind of steps off the train. Train slows down, and the guard says to him, "What, what, what are you doing?" He said, "You know, you shouldn't be on the tracks." And he said, "I can. I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket here." And so the guard said to him, "Well, why are you walking? Because if you've got a ticket, you can get on the train. You don't need to be carrying your baggage. You should be on the train." 
And so for us, we don't need to be carrying all this baggage, all this prejudice, all this stuff. We need to cast it. It literally means cast it upon him because he cares for us. This is mine. Sheep will take the easy option, the easy route. They will always take the easiest option. They won't pay the price. So if it's muddy water and clear water, they'll go to the first bit of water. If it's muddy, they'll drink that. And so they won't go further than they need to. And this is a story of human beings. We'll do what we need to do, but we won't go the extra mile. And so this is for us. I'm giving you these because these have got all so many points in that I'd love to speak about, but I will carry on. Sheep are valuable because they're always valuable. Do you know how valuable you are to God? He gave Jesus for you. Whether you like that kind of, and it's just a little word that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that you should have eternal life, we can just play. But the truth is, that's exactly what God said. That's how precious and valuable you are to him today. I want you to understand this. I hope you're catching this, just how precious you are to God today. Sheep cannot care for themselves when they're wounded. And you know, sometimes we can't either. Sometimes we struggle when we've been wounded, not physically, but internally. When we carry a pain, we don't know what to do with it. And there's no way we can heal ourselves because it's too intense, too powerful, too hurtful. What do we do with it? We only can go one place. The only person that ever knows us truly and talk to him. Because I know over years and years of counseling, we will never, never, never know what someone else is experiencing. Even if we've been there ourselves, we will never know because each of your history and your life is different to mine. We all go through it in different ways. And the only person that ever knows me truly is God. And the only person I can truly go to with the things that intensely cause me pain where there doesn't seem to be anywhere else is God. And so when we're wounded, when we are wounded, we need to go to him. Sheep are innocent. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything more innocent than a lamb. I, I really can't. I suppose ducklings, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're cute, aren't they, really? But, but they're lovely, aren't they, lambs? They're just beautiful and, uh, you know, and so should our life be innocent. We shouldn't be childish, but we should be childlike in our faith. We shouldn't walk around like children stamping and kicking our own tantrums, you know, but we should be childlike in our faith. If what God says is true, then it's true. And, and so we walk that way because that's what God says we should do. So sheep are helpless, vulnerable without a shepherd to care for them. And, you know, I thought back over my life and uh, there was a point in my life before I knew Christ where I thought I had it all together. I really did. I thought, I don't need anything. My dad was an atheist, so he told me all that anyway. No did anybody. No one's going to put food on your table. You do it for yourself. You look after your family. And because where I grew up in London, where it was gangs, you took care of your gangs. So if someone attacked you, you attacked them. So I was kind of used to that kind of language. Um, and so for me, I thought that if I earned enough money, I would buy myself out of all trouble. I thought I, I would, it would be great. I could have money and I didn't have to have problems and, and life would be good because I thought that's how life worked. But the truth is I never earned enough money and I did get problems and they did hurt me and they were deeper than the ones I thought I knew and, and life dealt me a hand that wasn't very pleasant and um, it, it broke my world. 
It broke me of all the things I thought about that I thought I could do. And I suddenly became aware I couldn't do this on my own anymore. I just didn't have it. I didn't know what to do. Fortunately for me, I found Jesus. Well, the truth is, Jesus found me because I didn't want him. Even at that point, I didn't want him and I didn't think I needed him. I did, but I just didn't know it. And, and the story, I won't tell you the story now, but of how God broke into my life and changed my life forever. And do you know that's what he wants to do to your life? Today, whether you know him or you don't know him, he wants to break into your life to change it forever. And that's what he's done for me. And, and the journey onwards for me has been how much God loves me. And it's impacted me every day for those things. You know, I, I, I read about sheep and I've told you this because I think we need to understand that we don't have it all together. We don't have all the answers. And it's nice to talk about sheep and lambs and ducks and all those sort of things. But we're talking about people today. How much... God has compassion on us. It goes on to say in Matthew that when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd waiting for him. He always had a huge crowd. John the Baptist has just been beheaded and still he's now being pursued by people. Isn't it? People have got no concept of your pain. No concept of your pain because they're too caught up in what they want and so they're harassing Jesus. But this is what he said. Seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion towards them. So he healed the sick who were in the crowd. Now, Jesus healed the sick and he fed them. You know, we've got a few fishes and some bread and he fed the crowd because he had compassion on them. We need to move in this compassion. We can't keep walking past people who, who we know are in need, but, but we, we're too busy to, to do things. We are meant to carry this compassion in us so that when we see a need, that we are moved to help people. Whether it's, it's in your workplace or in the schools or wherever you're going, God is, is trying to talk to us about having this compassion where we just can't keep walking past it. He cared for the sick, the vulnerable and the lost. He had compassion to, to, to try and make a difference in their life. My friend, um, who sadly is not with us anymore, uh, a Jamaican, he used to stop for everybody. And uh, we were going past this girl in Milton Keynes and she'd broken down and, and uh, she had a flat tyre. So we're going, to, we're going to a service now and I'm leading the service. He stops the car. He said, David, we've got to help this girl. I'm, Mate, <laughs> we've got to get to the church. No, we've got to help this girl. We can't walk past her. Well, I could. So, unshamedly, um, I could. And I think we're like that. But what he did was he stopped and he helped her. Now, the incredible thing was that even though we stopped and helped her, we still got to church on time. You know, she was in need. We could do something. I was caught up in time and what it would cost me and why I couldn't do it. That's the story of the Good Samaritan, isn't it? We, we find good reasons for everything. But God's saying there isn't a good reason. Help those who are in need. Help those who are helpless. Love those who are vulnerable. Do what you can for them. Because they are helpless. They are without a shepherd. They need somebody to help them. 
Isn't this a story that we, we should be telling? You know, isn't this part of our life that we are involved in? And Jesus commissioned us to reach the people he loved the world. It didn't end. I just, I love it more and more it's got into my mind. When Jesus on the cross, he said, cried out, it is finished. There's nothing more to do. It's finished. Now the story didn't finish there because the story goes on with you and me. But he completed it. He did everything he needed to do so that we could do everything we needed to do. He came so that we could know forgiveness. He came so that we could know reconciliation with God. He came so that we would know that we had eternity with God. He came to bring love into our life. He came to do all those things. So he finished that. Now what he's saying to us is go into the world and make disciples. We're not interested in filling the church with people. You know, People often think, that's great, have a full, full church and things. We're interested in making disciples because making disciples are people who are followers of Jesus. There's a difference between someone turning up in church and someone loving and following Jesus. And that's our desire for every person, that you would know that love of God in an incredible way and you will become a disciple of him. You will become a follower of Christ because he will change your life and you will change other people's lives. You will change people's lives in your family, in your workplace, with your colleagues and your friends because you are being changed yourself. You are different and you are continuing to be different. And he made you that way. He made you that way. And so the commission for us is to, to do those things that he called us in to, to take up this mantle and to go into our world and to make a difference. We spoke a little while ago about, about being carriers of the Holy Spirit. You were marked. And the Bible says that in, back in Exodus that the people knew they were being marked. They were different. They were, they were different people. And so are you. Not that so it makes you special and, and unique and set apart, but you're different because God did something in your life. He marked you with the Holy Spirit, which we all carry. So now the commission is to take what God has given you to the people that don't yet have it. To love the people that are unloved. And there are so many unloved people around us that we take this message out to them. This is what it says, slightly out of context in Joel 3.14. Thousand upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord will soon arrive. I, every time I've come here, you know, I say it to the guys all the time, I cannot come to Belper and ever accept there's one person that should go to hell. Can't ever believe that. My heart won't let me believe it because God has got a love story for every single person. I cannot, I cannot ever get that out of my heart. I don't come here and think I'm clever or smart because I don't claim to be any of those things. But I do carry, and Jeanette carries a passion for people that we have got an answer, that the world has got a question, that we can take the answer to the question. I love to see people's lives changed and you know the fact that they realise that without Christ they were going nowhere. I think about my life, continue about what God's done. Think about your life. Think about all the things that that God's done for you because in that we make a difference in our world and that's what this is all about people people are the most important thing to God he loves them with a passion he has compassion on them but he's also commissioned us and so I want you today just to take that on board 
I want you to try and understand that the passion of God for people is a passion that runs through us and the compassion he saw for people is the compassion that we should see for people. Let's take this as, as something today that we can take away and really begin to, 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 to do something with. So I, I always find it strange just seeing people's eyes um, but I hope you've understood my heart today. God loves you amongst the millions and billions of people. He loves you today. You're writing a story today about your life and it's your story. And so I wonder what your story is going to be for the rest of this day and tomorrow and next week. I wonder what it's going to be. The history's gone. You can't change that. The future's coming and it's calling you. Today is to be lived. Today is a day. You know my favourite scripture. I keep on saying it. This is the day the Lord has made. Regardless of what's happened in my life, regardless of what's going on in my life, regardless of what turmoils that come in or what good things are coming, this is the day is made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's my choice. I have to choose these things. And sometimes it's hard to choose those things, but I still choose them. Because every time I think people are so special. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, I thank you so much that you loved us to such a depth I can't even imagine I can't perceive it how much you loved me and us and I pray at this moment God if there's, if there's someone here who doesn't know you that today will be a day that changes their life that today will be a day where they say Jesus come into my life be my saviour I accept you as my Lord and I pray that God you would touch people's hearts today I pray that as we pray this prayer that you would begin to move on our hearts and you would begin to reveal to us the deep compassion and love you have for the world around us. Do something in us today, Lord, I pray. Move us in a way that we've never known before. Touch our hearts in a way that we've never had them touched before for people. Bring a love into our hearts for the people that have caused us so many discomforts. And maybe we've built up our own prejudice against them. Maybe we've got our own reasons not to like people. But God, you spoke into a world and said you loved every person regardless. Let that be our story today. Regardless that we could love people at that level. Help us to start moving into something new today. A new journey. A new step of, of faith. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless each and every one of us today that, Lord, you'll bring goodness into our lives, that you'll bring blessing into our lives, that, Lord, your peace and your comfort will surround us in the midst of what's happening to us, that your love will comfort our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Amen.